0: You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center. center code. Okay. Let me be clear right out of the gates. I'm not a difficult person. At least I'm not a difficult person most of the time. However, about a year and a half ago, my wife and I purchased a new townhome. And that townhome was three floors in the main building and then had a detached garage with an office over the top of it. And we decided to refurbish it before we moved in. Uh, my wife decided that with the office that had three unique windows on the back of it, regular, normal windows, and she wanted to take those out and put a picture window in, thought it would look really cool, add to the value of our office, and we had a pretty decent view. So I had made the comment that, hey, listen, I think we need to run that by the HOA uh, based on the direction it was and, and the other windows and, and lack of windows. She goes, no, we don't need to do that. We're just gonna put it in. So we installed a new picture window. It was actually two windows, a big window and then a longer thin window underneath it, pretty, pretty big. We installed it and it looked beautiful and we loved it. And 42 days later, the HOA came to us and told us that we needed to take our window out. So I proceeded to send them a note that said, hey, listen, I'm so sorry, terribly sorry. We should have asked you in advance. And then proceeded to give all the reasons why we thought it was a good idea and it didn't really, shouldn't matter to the HOA. It added value to the units. Other people may wanna do the same thing. Some of the other windows down the street looked much worse than ours. Some didn't have windows at all. It backed up to a non-essential area, on and on and on. Well, the HOA would have nothing to do with any of the ideas that I had and I just kept responding. And and I, you know, then I got a little agitated because they didn't seem to be listening to me. And I really thought I had the right idea and I was really righteous in, in the fact that I did it with good intent and I thought there was really great value and they just didn't understand land values and our desire to compete against other parts of the neighborhood. So I proceeded to then go to an HOA board meeting where I had gathered all sorts of data and laid out my very detailed, logical reasoning why the HOA should approve what I have done. And of course, told them that I should have asked them in advance and begged their forgiveness. Uh, They proceeded to say no again. I then asked the leader of the HOA whether they ever had any intention of allowing me to do that. And they said, absolutely not, which of course just burned me even more. After I got over it, I eventually took out the picture window and installed the three windows that the HOA wanted. Uh, God did uh, make it all work out because my wife came up with a great idea. We did use the picture window on an inside wall and the other long thin window on another inside wall and made it look really cool. And so that ended up not being an investment that I wanted, but it, it did work out. I have since released my anger towards the HOA And for those of you that want any sort of advice, you cannot beat the HOA, it's impossible. Do not compete against them. You cannot beat an HOA ever, ever, ever. As you can see, I'm totally over my HOA experience. Well, listen, welcome to Podcast 65. And today we're gonna talk about dealing with difficult people. Not in your HOA, but in your job. And we're talking specifically about how a leader deals with difficult people that work for them. I wanna tell you, we do have some training related to frontline agents and how they deal with difficult people on the phone, and that's actually called Stop, Drop, and Roll, uh, which actually takes off of the concept of what you need to do in a fire, Stop, Drop, and Roll. Today, we're talking about a leader and the people that work directly for you and these are the difficult ones. My hope is is that I can help you today to identify them, to take a little closer look at yourself, and then just some basic things you can do to try to work your way through the challenges that you have with dealing with difficult people that work for you. So first up, I think we need to take these difficult people and put them into a category. And I think that there are three categories that you can put difficult people into. They're either miserable, agitated, or righteous. Now, a miserable difficult person is somebody that's miserable all the time. It's never ending. And if they're miserable, then that means you need to be around them. But I guess the goodness is you only need to be around them at work. Unfortunately for them, they need to be around themselves 24/7. so it's never ending. They never get to get away from themselves. And a person that's miserable all the time, they may be miserable, but they also may be wildly talented or they have a unique skill or capability that you have, but they're just miserable all the time. The second type is the is the agitated type. And, and the agitated type is usually agitated by one issue. And that one issue sets them off. They're, they're, they're pretty normal and 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 regular compared to everyone else, but but they are difficult to deal with in one particular area. And there may be something that really burns at them that, I don't know, maybe it's your holiday policy or, maybe some calculation that you're doing or something happens that the company did or position taken And, and so they're, they're pretty normal most of the time, but when they get to this one issue, they're agitated. And sometimes they have a tendency that has a tendency to recur itself. So it happens every quarter, every month, or you just know when you go in that this is gonna be another one of those issues that they're gonna be agitated about. And sometimes they have two issues. The third one is the, is the people that are righteous. And, and these are agitated people but they really believe that they're right, and they very well—they may very well be right. But they feel that they've been wronged. You know, low pay. They had a bad review. Uh, someone else is being coddled or getting preferential treatment. They were passed over because of politics, or maybe they've got a legitimate bad boss or leader. And I hope that bad boss or leader isn't you. But they're—they're. They're, They're righteous. They just have a sense that that they've been wronged, and so you you just know it's coming, and you know it's you know it's there. So with the miserable, agitated, righteous, difficult person, the next thing that you have to take a look at is is this a a short term issue or a long term issue? Are are they you know are are they are they miserable in the short term? Maybe something's happened to them personal. Maybe they're going through a maybe they're going through a divorce, or they've got a a a sick parent, or or they've run into some sort of difficult times, and and this is just short-term, they're, they're, they're not, they haven't been like this all along, they're just short-term, right, particularly now, or they're, you know, and then also could be long-term, you know, or is this a long-term miserable person, and it, whether it's agitated or righteous, there's kind of a short-term, long-term, and of course, sometimes you'll run into somebody that's agitated or righteous about an issue, and it's the first time, and so you don't know whether it's gonna be a short-term or a long-term, but I'm assuming and hoping that when I say short-term, and long-term, you immediately can think of people that fit into these two categories. And I am hoping that you don't have, if you've got anywhere from 12 to 21 people reporting to you, you know, or six people, whatever the number is, that that you don't have more than just a couple people that fit into this category of being difficult. Hopefully you don't have 50% of your people fitting into this difficult category. So if if we know what types they are, whether they're miserable, agitated, or righteous, and we know whether they're short-term or, or long-term. The next thing that I have to do is I think we have to take a look at ourselves. And are you difficult to deal with? And if you don't know immediately, then you might wanna ask your mentor and hopefully you've found one by this time. Or ask your boss or ask a friend. You can ask your spouse or ask your family whether you're difficult to deal with. And maybe you're just overall difficult to deal with. Maybe you're just a scrappy person that likes to, um, that likes to fight. And you're you're just you just you just feel really good when things are difficult. And I'm not being political here, uh, but but uh, but former President Donald Trump was a person that was known to like to be in agitated states. That the more difficult the circumstance, the more chaos that he could create, the better he thought, and the better he thought he was able to make things get done. So, despite the fact that you may think whatever you may think about his personality, some of what he may have done may have actually been. Intentional, as crazy as that, as crazy as that sounds, but maybe you're just difficult to deal with on a, a, just an area or two. Maybe that's something that you, just a couple of areas where where you are difficult on, or there's, or there's there's things that maybe happened to you in your past that when they come up, when when somebody does them to you, you have a tendency to either respond directly, like someone that you work for responded, or maybe you do the exact opposite of the way they did because you were hurt by it. I, I really just want you to understand and to recognize and to know everybody's got strengths and weaknesses. I'm trying to help you to see yours. What kind of personality do you have? Do you have a fight or a flight personality? Are you someone that when there's a little bit of conflict, a little bit of difficulty, you wanna jump in and, and butt heads? Or are you someone that wants to avoid any sort of conflict or any sort of controversy at all points? Hopefully you're somewhere in the middle there. But if you have a tendency to fight or flight, It's something that you need to understand when you're dealing with other uh, difficult people. And then are you missing any of the skills and tools necessary to deal with difficult people? Are are you the kind of person that can remain calm and listen and, and, and see the bigger picture? Or are you somebody that gets agitated pretty quickly when you're dealing with a difficult person and you struggle to deal with this kind of person. I'm just trying to get you to understand ahead of time where you are and the best way to do that is just take a look at some of the experiences that you've had with dealing with difficult people. And you know who they are so do you avoid them? Do you have a tendency that when you're a little hacked off you just go just want to go get in their face because you're looking for a fight or, and, and again, I hope that's that's not you on either side of that spectrum, but I'm just trying to get you to take a look at who you are and the way that you work. And don't ever lose sight of the fact that that, that the choices that you make as a leader when you're dealing with difficult people are, 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 are to lead, not necessarily to win, to fight, or, or even to, to lose. You You want to lead. And sometimes you have to do all three, but as a leader, our goal is to take whoever the person is to get the very best and most out of them. And what the out is defined as is whatever the organization has instructed you to do, whatever the deliverable or service or products or whatever it is you're doing, your job is to take the people that are working for you to put them in the best possible circumstance and allow them to achieve the goals and targets that your company has. That's quite simply what you're doing as a leader. And and great leadership is getting people to do things they didn't necessarily know they could do or wanted to do and uh, get them to do those things and maybe even do more than you expected from them, than they expected from themselves, which helps the company achieve its goals and its targets and its vision. So if we understand them and we understand us, then we've got to begin to work on the communication, the the discussion, the ongoing interaction that we're having with difficult people. And because they're difficult people, they're either always difficult, miserable, they're always difficult, agitated on this particular subject, or they're always difficult, righteous, which of course means agitated, but believe they're right on this particular subject. you may not be able to change that, especially if they're long term, but we need to recognize that it really is an issue by issue basis. Maybe it comes up once a quarter, once a month, maybe it comes up once a day. But the point is, is that it's an issue by issue basis. So the very first thing you need to do when you sit down and have a conversation or you may be communicating through email or whatever it is you may be communicating on when you're dealing with this difficult issue, you have to make sure that you're both having a discussion about this discussion about the same thing. Make sure that there's not some sort of discrepancy about what the actual issue is. Because many times we're talking about one thing because we've got a history and our and our employee is talking about something completely different. So you need to make sure that the issue that you're discussing, the issue that you're working on at that particular moment is the exact same one as them. So we need to make sure that we are crystal clear on what the issue is that we're discussing. And I know that sounds obvious, but when you're dealing with a difficult person, you need to make sure that you've got that figured out and that you're both dialed into exactly the same subject. The second thing is, is that you need to be able to listen and make sure that you are, you are hearing what they are communicating. We have a tendency sometimes to tell people that we understand. And and I know you've heard that before, well, I, well, I understand. But when an issue is recurring, When an issue is recurring, especially in your employee's mind, what you need to be able to do in each particular instance is get yourself into a position to understand better, which means you literally say to them, I understand better. I'm trying to understand better the circumstances that we've got here so that you can clearly hear them. It doesn't mean you're going to agree with them. It just means that you're going to make sure that you understand better to make sure that they understand that you understand what they're saying. And sometimes the best way to do that is just to repeat it back to them. So if, if we've got a clear distinct, under, clear distinct issue and we both understand it and you've understood it better and you know that they've received to hear it, I wanna tell you that, it, that it's, it, it's okay to agree with them, especially if it's, a, if it's a righteous area where they really are right and it's, it's really a bad rule. And it's really something that, that we probably should change. And I'm not saying that you should go back and say that the company's wrong, but it's okay to recognize and acknowledge the truth that they have about that particular issue. But that doesn't mean that they don't have to require a different outcome. So they may not like your vacation policy. And they may not like the fact that they don't get to have a particular time off of the year and feel very righteous that that should occur. And you may think that, hey, that sounds like a really great idea. But the reality is is they don't have that date and we can't do anything with that date. So it's okay to agree with them even though you may end up having a different outcome associated with that. And most important that their response to the issue, their behavior isn't okay if the behavior is not what you need it to be. So even though you may agree with whatever the issue is or their agitation of it, You're not agreeing with the behavior that comes as a result of it. So, and and I'm trying to decouple these to make sure that you see the distinction between those two. Because it does allow you to sometimes with a difficult person, acknowledge their difficulty, acknowledge their issue, but then seek a different outcome from them, demand a different outcome from them because that's just the way it goes. But you are at least understanding and understanding better. Third thing is a move forward plan. There's gotta be a move forward plan, which means there's usually a change in behavior that needs to occur, a change in attitude, a change in the way they do things, a change in process that needs to occur. So there's three things you can do for them. Number one, you can give them time to regroup. And again, based on the repetition of it, maybe that's a, maybe that's a short amount of time because you've had this discussion 20 times but maybe they need some time to regroup, to, to rethink, to repurpose, to position themselves to be successful in whatever the difficulty is. The second thing they need to do is they need to have a change of behavior so that they can join the team, which means they can get thinking like everybody else thinks or if they don't wanna think that way, they at least have to act that way and at least have to work under the circumstances that are there. And of course, if you, you always have the capacity that if someone can't make a change with a difficult person, they can plan for being somewhere else. Because you don't have to stick around and keep difficult people for really long times. When I talk about someone being difficult for, for a long period of time, you know, that's an easy way to ease people out of the organization. And sometimes that's the best thing that you can do for them and for you. But the reality is that you're gonna deal with a lot of difficult people. And when you're dealing with difficult people, you have to be in, in the have the ability to be able to help them to redirect, to get a change in their behavior. And if not, then you need to move forward with verbal or written or whatever it is that you need to work with if the issue becomes something that's untenable for them or untenable for you and the company. Being difficult is not in anybody's job definition. No employee has a right to be difficult. They have a right to be challenging, again, up to a point. They have a right to question and discern and look for change and seek change and try to help the company be better. But there is nothing in the employee manual, there's nothing in anybody's job description that allows them to be difficult but there are many instances, many different personalities. Remember, nobody just woke up yesterday and decided they wanted to be a contact center frontline person. They most likely want to be marketing people or actors or president of the United States or some other job. So having difficult people in your center is pretty normal. I'm just trying to give you some ways to be able to work with them and through them. So you can do that simply by having a good definition of who they are, taking a look at your strengths and weaknesses and just following some basic, simple rules, which making sure that you've got a clear understanding of what the issue is, making sure that in every instance you're communicating there that they understand better, giving yourself the freedom to be able to acknowledge their issues, but then still have the authority to make sure that they do what the company needs you to do and having a, a move forward plan that gets them to either gives them some time to change, some time to join the team, or perhaps a way out the door. It's been great to talk to you in in Podcast 65. I hope this is some information you can use. I hope you don't have a lot of difficult people to work with. But listen, if you're gonna become a great leader, you have to learn to deal with difficult people. And as you know, I know and you know you can be a great leader. It just requires you to put some effort in, some focus, some training, get some people around you that want to help you, and just a lot of hard work. Are you up to the hard work? I hope you are. It's been great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next week. Don't forget that there are 64 other podcasts. If you haven't listened to them, you should. I promise you they'll help you. They'll make you better. Look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center code.